0: Welcome in to The Mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and I just checked to confirm, before I say this, it has officially been a year since I started doing this freaking show on a regular basis. We made it. We made it through the first year of me solo producing this podcast. Well, essentially, solo producing. I've had, uh, I've had, I've had John along the way. He couldn't make it today. He's not feeling great. I understand. So uh, just me today. But there is plenty to talk about. Me and John already broke down the playoff games for this weekend. So go back to the show from Tuesday to uh, get our opinions on that. We'll have. Our reactions to wildcard weekend next week, as well as uh, our predictions for the AFC and NFC divisional rounds. But first on the list, college basketball. It is January, and that is me, and that means conference play has well and truly begun. The Big Ten started a little bit earlier. I think they officially started on. I think they straight up started on Christmas. Yeah, they or they started right before Christmas because you had Illinois, Penn State, and Rutgers, Ohio State, right like the day on the twenty third day before, and you had a couple games at, like the the end of December. So a little bit of conference play was going on at the end of December, but that's a that's a twenty twenty thing. They we've known that for months. But conference play has well and truly begun. We're a week into January now. And my basic vibe after the first couple weeks is that, other than Gonzaga, Gonzaga is in a league of their own. They are clearly the best team in the country right now. And I even said I was confident crowning them national champions back in December. Now, college basketball is a fickle, fickle mistress. So that, more than likely, won't happen. They probably won't win the national championship this year. Something insane will happen in like the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight and they will just get beat completely out of nowhere. Eh, maybe not the Sweet 16, but maybe the maybe not the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, but possibly the Final Four. Like, that's a very real thing that could happen. That happened to that uh, Kentucky team that everyone was claimed was going to go 40-0. and They got that close and then they lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four. But at the same time, Mark Few is a significantly better coach than John Calipari. So maybe that won't happen and they will actually go 40 and 0. Which would just be straight up insane to see an undefeated a truly undefeated national champion. Has that that has not happened in the modern era of college basketball, I don't think. You've been incredibly dominant national champions, but there's never been there's never been a national champion that dominant. A true undefeated team. It, it very well could happen this year with Gonzaga. They're just that good. But after a couple of weeks of conference play, my basic vibe is that probably the Big Ten and the Big 12 are the two best conferences in the country. Never thought I'd say that. It's usually the Big Ten and the ACC that kind of bounce back and forth. But this year, it's the Big Ten and the Big 12. The Big 12... Leans a little more top-heavy, but not, like, where it's just, it's Kansas, Baylor, or Baylor, Kansas, Texas, West Virginia. They are your top four in the Big 12, and the Big 12 is only 10 members, so uh, if you throw Oklahoma State in there, who are decent, that that's the top half of the conference. The rest of the conference is not so great. And that's been a trend for a while. Kansas State and TCU are not exactly basketball powerhouses by any stretch of the imagination. But, nonetheless, like, it's been a... uh, Like, other than getting absolutely bodied by Gonzaga, which happened to everyone, Kansas has had a very good season. Texas are defensive stalwarts. Like, they're... Their level of defensive play is on par with the best Virginia teams. And the Big Ten. Like, we've talked about how good the Big Ten is on the show before. Like, Penn State is not ranked. They are capable of beating anyone in the Big Ten. Maryland is going to do that thing where they disappoint their fans because that's what they always do. (laughs) And uh, at the time of recording this, they play Iowa in about an hour and a half. They're 6-5, Iowa's 9-2. There's not going to be anyone at Xfinity Center, and the Hawkeyes are favored by 5.5, and Maryland does not have a Big Ten caliber big man. Luca Garza is going to feast on Maryland's defense. If I am wrong, when this episode comes out, you all have free reign to make fun of me and call me a hater, but... I have made this assertion on the show before. That Gonzaga is the best team in the country. Luca Garza is definitively the best individual player in the country. And just knowing Maryland's complete lack of interior defense, Luca Garza is going to feast on them. <laughs> it's and it's not going to be pretty. But those are the games that will be over by the time you're listening to this. Friday doesn't have much. Villanova Marquette got postponed, and Purdue is playing Michigan State. That could be an okay game just because it's Big Ten. Purdue is decent, but Michigan State's pretty freaking good this year. Saturday is when we get the goods. St. John's versus Creighton could be fun. Creighton will probably win. Rutgers versus Ohio State is going to be incredible. Wake Forest versus Duke is a surprisingly important game. Texas versus West Virginia, like, good Lord, that's must watch. Tennessee versus AM should be fun-ish. Uh, Virginia versus Austin College, eh, that's going to be a slaughter. Uh, Baylor versus TCU should be pretty fun. If nothing else, to just watch Baylor dominate. A, uh, an okay TCU team. Texas Tech, Iowa State, eh. Kansas versus Oklahoma. Clemson, North Carolina. That should be fun. Because North Carolina is so wildly inconsistent this year. And Co- and Clemson's one ha- having one of their best basketball seasons in recent memory. Gonzaga versus Portland. Missouri versus LSU. Well, that one's eh. And Oregon versus Utah for late night on Saturday. Eh, not, not the best lineup. Sunday. Sunday's got a good one. Minnesota versus Iowa. Now, Iowa is considerably better than Minnesota, I would say. But that's that's going to be a good game nonetheless. We've we have we have been blessed this college basketball season as an apology for losing for March Madness being the first true casualty of corona. Because all the other stuff that happens that time of year the home stretch of the baseballs or the home stretch of the NBA and NHL seasons, the Masters and baseball, all still happened in 2020. They just happened a few months late. We didn't get an NCAA tournament at all. It was just completely canceled. We got nothing. And now college, ba- the college, the college basketball regular season this year is really really good so hopefully in a couple months the the tournament that will take place entirely in the state of Indiana which honestly I don't hate like if you've ever done any kind of digging into basketball culture you know Indiana is um it's a bit of a basketball state Shocker, when you have a bunch of small towns everywhere and you can't really field truly competitive football teams because you don't have enough kids to to make a good one. Like, think about it. To make a good football team, even at the high school level, you need probably at least 35 people. Probably closer to 45 or 50. To make a good basketball team... You need seven, eight, <laughs> couple reserve guys. So you maybe need a grand total of ten, maybe. Indiana is a basketball state. They are very good at it, and they are very proud of the fact that they are good at it. So I'm I'm very okay with them hosting the entire tournament, and and maybe if we're lucky. We'll we'll get some we'll get some flashbulb awesomeness for the uh for the final four. It won't be the same, like it won't be the same environment as it normally is, but at least it seems like we're getting col- a, a, a an NCAA tournament this year, which thank God. <laughs> but it is as as John Rothstein, as John Rothstein has said many times on his Twitter feed, this this is only January. I hope everyone is ready because this season is going to be absolutely insane. There's one. You have Gonzaga, which might be the best college basketball team ever. You have Luca Garza, who's definitively the best player in the country. The Big Ten is absolutely stacked with talent. The Big Texas has finally taken the leap forward to where they need to be as a basketball program. Kansas is still doing Kansas things, despite having by their standards, a down year. West Virginia is innovating because Bob, Bob, Bob Huggins is an incredible coach. At least I, eh, I wouldn't say incredible, but he's at least good. And the best part of it is Duke is bad. And Kentucky is hot garbage the worst they have been in over a hundred years oh that's that's just moi that's that's just beautiful i I love it so much but this is i i th- I'm thinking best game of the weekend actually this isn't even me thinking this is just a guarantee unless one of the one of these uh, like Big 12 games sneaks out and surprises me like Kansas and Oklahoma could end up being really really good. But I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking Texas West Virginia is absolutely the game to watch this weekend. Like that's that's two very aggressively defensive teams with still good offenses just going to war. And that's going to be a really really fun game so we shall uh we shall see conference play is when uh is when stars truly make their names for themselves so uh i hope uh i hope you're all prepared because we are we are on the road to the dance and as it stands right now i'm thinking uh I'm thinking the Big Ten is gonna occupy the Big Ten and the Big Twelve are going to occupy a whole lot of those 64 spots. Like a whole lot. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good season. Gonzaga versus Baylor, we may have been robbed of it in the regular season, but that could very well depending on how the bracket shakes out, that could very well be either a Final Four or a national championship game. Cause I don't see it happening anytime soon. I don't see either of these teams dropping off the one line at this point unless they just have horrendous conference seasons. I don't see either of them dropping off the one line. I know it's I know it's the first week of January, but I'm pulling some bracketology here, and I'm thinking uh I'm thinking these two are solidly locked in on the one line already. I'd honestly Villanova's been a little shaky this year even though they're 8 and 1. Yeah, it's it's tough to uh I I'm thinking Texas and Iowa might end up being the other two ones just because of how much better the uh the Big 10 and the Big 12 are compared to the Big East. And then Villanova get a so- like will be the the top 2 seed. So we shall uh we shall see. We shall see. And oh boy. This is this is gonna be fun. I am I am ready for college basketball season because this seems like very much a turning point in the whole uh one and done versus getting guys who stay for three, four years and actually develop and coaches actually doing their jobs as coaches. Becoming more and more of a common thing in college basketball. Because uh, the Mike Shashevsky John Calipari way seems to not be working this year. Because Duke is having a very bad year by their standards. And Kentucky is having a historically bad season. Which I think is just straight up hilarious. But it's 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 still early things can very much change. This top 25 could be very different in just a couple weeks. In a season where most people are playing without fans in, in the building, and some are and some aren't, even in the same conference, get ready for some weirdness. There's, I'm expecting peak weirdness in the next couple weeks from, from college basketball. Just, just keep your eye on the Big Ten because they're just not letting fans in, period. The Big is going to be weird because there's no such thing as home court advantage this year. So playing good teams on the road is going to be significantly less intimidating. And playing good teams at home with no crowd to back you up is probably going to be a whole lot harder. But we shall see. This is going to be a good year, though. This is going to be a, a good season for college basketball. I know it's already basically half over because the season started so late. It started right before Thanksgiving as opposed to like two weeks before Halloween. But... Huh. I'm... I'm still, for now, sticking to my uh, Gonzaga is going to be national champion prediction. I haven't seen anything from them that uh that would tell me otherwise cuz a lot of times it's like, "Oh, they haven't played anyone." Well, they have played people this year and they still beat the crap out of them. Now they're just now they begin going on a tear through the West Coast Conference where they will not face a single challenge the entire way and they're going to go undefeated. <laughs> And the teams that come out of the Big Ten are just gonna be battered and bloody, but they're still gonna be some of the best teams in the country. <laughs> like teams who come out of the Big Ten and Big Twelve into the into March Madness are gonna are gonna look like gonna look like Batman after a fight <laughs> with about like a hundred armed goons and the Joker. Gonzaga's going to look like Superman coming out of a fight with a bunch of, like, bank robbers. (laughs) Just common bank robbers. Where there's barely a scratch, there's not a single scratch on them. And they just dispatched with whatever minuscule threat they faced like it was nothing. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting tournament this year. I know we're still two months away, but we are on the road. Let's enjoy the ride. But that's what I got for college basketball. Up next, we will get into some of the wildness of the NFL offseason. Because like I said, I already did the playoff predictions. My, my opinion is out there if, if you want to find it. But there's some other offseason housekeeping things that are already happening in between Now and the first set of playoff games. So uh, we'll get into that up next here on the mashup. Okay, so NFL time. Obviously, the playoffs do start this weekend, but for the what 14 teams made it in. So 18 didn't for the 18 teams who did not get in the offseason has already begun And for some of them, oh boy, the misery is only going to continue. So apparently the Jets have narrowed down their coaching search and they once again made the most Jets decision they possibly could. Apparently one of the top final candidates for the Jets head coaching vacancy is Marvin Lewis. (laughs) Oh my God, that's that's funny. That is absolutely hilarious. Jets fans, I am so sorry, Marvin Lewis. How long was he? I know he was. He was Marvin Lewis <laughs> interviews and Jets coaching search shakeup. Oh my God, how long was he with the? <laughs> he had. He actually had a. He actually has a winning record as a head coach. Oh my god. <laughs> he was with the Bengals for 15 years. <laughs> oh my god. He was with the Bengals for 15 years and has never won a playoff game. <laughs> oh my god. He is with the He was with the Bengals From 2003 to 2018, went to the playoffs seven times and has never won a playoff game. Ever. (laughs) Yeah, he won. uh, He was, I will give him this. He was defensive coordinator on the Ravens' first Super Bowl team. So that is to be commended because that was one of the best defenses of all time. I think Ray Lewis, Tony Saragusa, and most of the other players who are either members of the NFL Hall of Fame or the Ravens Ring of Honor, or in Ray Lewis's case, both. uh, They are are more to thank for that rather than... uh, Marvin Lewis, the defensive coordinator. He was there for 5 years though. So, it's hard to uh it's hard to argue with that one. But man. AP coach of the year in 2009. His sec- his uh That was that was a pretty good year for the Bengals. So, he he honestly earned that one. Super Bowl champion of as an assistant coach in Super Bowl 35. FCS national champion in 1981 and three-time All-Big Sky as a player. That's it. That's all he did as as a head coach. And just barely over 500 as a uh, in his regular season with a whopping record of 131-122 and 3, which is honestly when you're dealing with a head coaching record of 15 years, is not very good. Combined with that, 0-7 in the playoffs drops him down to 131-129 and three, with a total career winning percentage including playoffs of 504. So this guy is, um, let's be honest here, not much better than Adam Gase. He is an improvement, but like. I would barely trust Adam Gase to coach a high school team. Like, seriously. He's that bad of a coach. Adam Gase is that bad. And he's probably going to get another job somewhere, which is a straight-up disgrace. But it will be another bad team who brings him in. Another bad, poorly run team who, uh, who brings him in. But he's, uh... Oh, boy. This is, uh... This is not going to uh this is not going to end well for the Jets. And there are other rumors that they're going to take Zach Wilson instead of Justin Fields. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean Zach Wilson is good, but he's not that good. He's not number 2 overall draft pick good. If they take Zach Wilson over Justin Fields, Oh, that's gonna be so funny. I mean, the draft this year is already a mess because, <laughs> because of what seemed like one of the dumbest trades on planet Earth at the time. Miami has the third overall pick despite going 10-6. and six. Despite having a more-than-winning record, they... despite having a more than a perfectly fine winning record that would have gotten them into the playoffs in the NFC they get Houston's draft pick <laughs> oh my god that that is so that is that is straight up failing upwards like they made a trade that at the time seemed so incredibly dumb and now they get a top they get a top 5 pick out of it and now they're going to shore up their offensive line for the entirety of Tua's career. So congratulations, Dolphins. You made what is, in retrospect, one of the smartest trades in NFL history. <laughs> like, that that Laramie Tunsil trade looked so dumb at the moment. It's like, oh, sure, let's trade one of the better, op- let's trade a Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman for, late, for, for picks that are going to be, like, in the late teens at best. Nope. It's a top five. Solid top five pick because Bill O'Brien is a complete idiot and he completely destroyed the Houston Texans roster. And now the rumors are, I'm sorry, Texans, that it's going to get even worse. Because rumors are starting to swirl that Deshaun Watson wants wants to get the heck out of Houston. And honestly, I can't blame the poor guy. Like, how often do you have a freakishly talented wide receiver fall in your lap in the draft? And then, not a year or two later, you get the quarterback he won a national championship with in college. Why would you split them up? That is possibly one of the dumbest things Bill O'Brien could have done. And now the Texans are absolutely terrible. Their defense is in shambles. Their offensive line is made of wet tissue paper. And they have no real offensive weapons. So I can't say I blame Deshaun Watson for wanting to get the heck out of there. But if if he ends up leaving, Texans, you're going to be bad for a while because I think your next two first-round draft picks this year and next year, and I think there's a few more draft picks involved, all belong to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I think their first and second... Yeah, their first and second round picks this year belong to the Dolphins, and I think their first round pick next year also belongs to the Miami Dolphins. Oh no. <laughs> oh, Texans, you're going to be bad for a while. And uh and the rumors are the uh the Saints, the Saints want Watson if if he requests a trade out of Houston. Sure. Get one generation Get one, possibly once-in-a-generation quarterback talent. Win a Super Bowl with him. And watch as he breaks record after record. Only to ride off into the sunset a guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer. Only to replace him with another freakishly talented quarterback who just needs a better offensive line and some actual weapons. Saints, if I were you, I'd do whatever you can to make that deal possible. Because honestly, if you get to Sean Watson, you're not gonna need your first round picks for a couple years. Because you have you have all the talent you really need. Because you'll have Camara and you'll have Watson. It's going to be a good time for you because let's take a look at the rest of your division. Unless the Bucks get a somehow luck into a really good quarterback, Brady's retiring this year. So uh they're gonna take a dip. Who knows what the Panthers are gonna do? I think Matt Rule's a good coach and they play tough, but the team's kind of a mess at the moment. And the Falcons are, well, the Falcons. So if the Saints can get their hands on Deshaun Watson after he requests a trade out of Houston, they're going to be sitting pretty for a long time in New Orleans. The Saints are going to be doing a lot of marching in to a lot of stadiums and uh, suddenly turning into the Vikings and just committing horrible atrocities, especially to their division mates. And on the years when they play the NFC East. Because, oh God, <laughs> that's going to be a complete disaster. Oh, the years they play the NFC East, good Lord. The football team and the Eagles and the, really the Cowboys and the Giants will all cower in fear at their might. And that's honestly going to be freaking hilarious. But the offseason insanity has only... Has only just begun. It's only going to get... Because really, we're not that far off from the Super Bowl at this point. It's only going to get weirder once the Super Bowl's over. But that's what I got for the NFL. Up next, it's finally time. We will get back into some esports. Complexity is running the first big-ish Valorant tournament of the new year. So we will get into what I think about that. And what I think heading into the 2021 Valorant Champions Tour, which is only about a month and a half away. So, uh, that's all coming up next, here on The Mashup. (laughs) Alright, it's finally time to get back into some esports news. Because, let's be honest here. I've missed it. (laughs) It was what kept this show going all spring and all summer. And I have uh, missed talking about it. And let's just jump right in to this Valorant tournament coming this weekend. Now, it is definitively a B-tier tournament. Because 12 of the 16 teams that have been announced for it so far... Uh, four of them qualified, NRG, SSG, Prospects, and Built by Gamers. So, they they all qualified in NSG December, which was one of NSG's monthly tournaments. So that's, it was a uh, shocker they were the best teams there. Like, by a lot. But this one... This one is at least somewhat interesting because these are they're mid-tier teams don't get me wrong but they're at least good. They're all at least good. I, I would say NRG is right there. I think they have potential to be really good. Space Station has a lot of resources and they have a reasonably okay roster. Boostio's been going off since freaking beta. Prospects, they're always capable of pulling an upset. Built by gamers, they were part of the Pittsburgh Knights time in disaster. I, I kind of want them to do well just to tell both Ninja and the Pittsburgh Knights to suck it. And the teams who were actually invited Complexity and Box Gen-G, Uh, Dignitas with their old logo back which looks so much better than the owl. Like oh my god Dignitas why did you ever switch to the freaking owl logo? The alien looks so much better. Like the alien is a much, much, much better look for for you. Like the owl, the owl was cool, but this is so much better. You're a North American Legacy org. You don't need to change your logo every couple of years. You really don't. Has Phase ever changed the F? No. Has Optic ever changed the the OG, like the interlocked OG? No. Has Team Liquid ever changed the horse head? Not really. Has Cloud9 ever changed the the three nines that make up the, the vague cloud shape? No. <laughs> Why did you decide to change your logo? It makes absolutely no sense, and I'm glad the alien is back. But pretty, pretty simple tournament, honestly. 16 teams. Standard... Standard group into uh, standard group into bracket play. Yeah, four groups of four. Uh, two t- top two teams advance to playoff. Opening and elimination matches are best of one. Winners and decider matches are best of three. So, there you go, and into. And then playoffs, Uh, all matches except Grand Finals are best of three in the playoffs and Grand Final is best of five. Pretty standard tournament format. Uh, The groups haven't been made yet, which is always so much fun when you're trying to predict how a tournament's going to go. When uh, four of the the 16 teams also haven't been announced yet. So it's hard to exactly get a feel for how this is going to go. But I have a feeling complexity is probably gonna do well because it is their own tournament. I think I think built by gamers will want to uh will want to stick it to both Ninja and the Pittsburgh Knights by making a run at this thing. Which honestly, again, I I wouldn't blame them. <laughs> like, they got so screwed. They they beat time in fair and square. Ninja the sore loser cried cheating. And Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Knights, who, I will remind you, are owned by the Steelers. They don't have a reason to be afraid of Ninja. Were absolutely terrified of Ninja. So they DQ'd Built by Gamers with no proof. A couple hours later, they were proven innocent, which everyone knew. Like, as soon as the clips started going around, every pro in the North American Valorancy were like, wait, they got DQ'd for that? That doesn't look like an aimbot at all. He was jiggling his mouse because he was bored when he was trying to save a vandal. It's like, oh yeah, let me turn an aimbot on now when I'm saving in a 1v4 situation in a match we are still currently winning. God, that was over a... that That was like two weeks ago, and it still is so incredibly stupid. But... What can you do? It's uh, it's a shame that they got DQ'd because they probably could have won the thing or had a very good chance to win the thing. I kind of hope Pittsburgh Knights end up getting invited to this just so Built by Gamers can play them and, uh, and take their revenge out on them for making the incredibly dumb decision to DQ them solely for fear of Ninja. But the rest of the field Complexity, Endbox, Gen G, Dignitas, Renegades, Luminosity, X Set, and Beast Coast. Some of these guys uh, don't have completed rosters yet. Luminosity and. Uh, Luminosity and Gen G both do not have completed. Luminosity, Gen and Beast Coast all do not have full five man rosters. And. I wonder who they're going to. Uh, I'm I'm guessing they're going to bring in trial guys for uh for those fifth spots, but it's it's been a uh, it's been an interesting time in the uh... yeah we're about a month away from the open qualifiers for Valorant Challengers all around the world. And those are where things get really interesting because that's the first step to Worlds at the end of the year in December. Along with all of the Challengers and Masters events in between and the Last Chance Qualifier in October. Like, Riot, Riot is poised to straight up take over the esports calendar because... They have now established that Valorant events are going to span basically the entire year. At least first-party Valorant events are going to span literally the entire year. Because like go look at the go look at the breakdown. Challengers in February, Masters in March that stretches into April, Challengers in April and May, Masters in June, Challengers in July and August, Masters in September last chance in October and world championships in December so they are they are straight up poised to take over the eSports calendar because last time I checked League of Legends spans the entire year too the LCS is only a couple of weeks away the LCS uh, kickoff tournament or whatever the heck it's called I'm blanking on the name of it. But the beginnings of the LCS, at least in, well, obviously, at least in North America, because that's the only place the LCS is. With, I got to say, quick tangent on League here, the new branding of the LCS is so good. Like, separate it completely from the old NAEU LCS thing. Like, the LEC got its own branding with the weird, like, split crown that I think is supposed to be Summoner's Rift, kind of. Like the new the new LCS branding is great. A lot of the same broadcasting talents coming back, with a few other new people sprinkled in. Uh big big acquisition. Uh Emily Rand, formerly of ESPN Esports, after the implosion of ESPN Esports. She's clearly landed on her feet working directly with Riot. But this is going to be uh This is going to be an interesting. An interesting year for uh, Riot's esports in general, because League seems to finally have found some freaking parody. Worlds was the most interesting. It's Worlds 2020 was the most interesting it's been in a long time. At least the finals. The tournament itself is usually pretty good, but the finals end up sucking. Like, we finally had an interesting Worlds final for the first time in what felt like Forever and now and now Valorant is about to kick off their year long like hey we're an awesome esport too why don't you watch us oh Valorant I intend to because I have with with the Fusions move to working out of the T1 offices in Seoul and playing in APAC I have lost a bit of interest in them and I feel like the entire Overwatch community has lost insane amount of Amounts of interest in the game. So I'm, I'm kind of out on the Overwatch League. And now that... Now that Valorant has proven itself to be... A viable esport. Like, I am... I am slowly kind of fading on Overwatch a little bit. If if Overwatch League ends up being really good this year, which... Without LAN events, I kind of doubt. It's... Uh, it's, it's looking pretty rough for them. It, it's looking pretty rough for Overwatch with... With Valorant actually having a very good structure, they have... I'm, I've am i got my eyes on this June Masters event as like, okay, maybe this could be a true international LAN. Even, uh, even if we don't get to... Even if fans aren't in the building, which I really hope they can be, like, I've got my eyes on this June Masters event as like, okay, this could be the first time we see International Valorant. We're... Challengers are obviously always going to be regional. Like, Challengers events are always regional. It's the Masters events that are... It's Masters and Worlds that are international. But I've got my eyes on this April and May Challengers that could be just an NA-only land, probably with no spectators. And the June Masters as, like, this could be the first big one. That... I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for that one. I've, I've I know I've said it on the show before, but I'm cautiously optimistic for that one as the first big Valorant esports event. Because obviously the first Strike tournaments were all really good, but none of them had any spectators. Like everyone was just watching online. I'm I'm hoping that uh, that June Masters event will be the first truly big one where we can at least get some international play. Like. I want to see 100 Thieves versus G2. I want to see TSM versus G2. I want to see Sentinels versus Liquid. I want to see I want to see Cloud9 versus FPX. Like I want to I, I want to see T1 versus Vision Strikers. Like I want to see international competition. I want to see us take on the Brazilians and the Europeans and the Koreans and the Chinese and the Japanese. I want to see North America take on everyone else. Because I've seen NA Valorant and NA Valorant is great. But I want to see how we do against everybody else. And I I'm keeping my eye on if if that June Masters doesn't doesn't have it, September probably will. June, you're cutting it real close with uh, when they expect the vaccine to get out to a whole lot of people. But I'm I'm keeping my eye on that part of the calendar. So we shall see. We shall definitely see. But as far as as far as the tournament this weekend goes, I'm thinking. I'm thinking honestly, the the team with the best chance to win the thing might be Gen G. Might be Genji or Dignitas, because Dignitas always does really well at the B tier events that like Hundred Thieves and TSM and Cloud Nine and T One aren't aren't invited to. But I, I've got my eye, I've got my eye on Dignitas to uh, to possibly win the thing. I want Built by Gamers to make a run just so they can tell Pit- <laughs> just so they can tell the Pittsburgh Knights and Ninja. To uh, just straight up suck it. But that's what I got for Valorant. Up next, we'll uh, get into uh, just what I call the other stuff because it doesn't really fit anywhere else. And I still wanted to talk about it. So uh, we'll get into that up next here on the mashup. All right, one final segment of the show. And there's two stories that happened that I felt the need to talk about. But they didn't warrant individual segments from their own things. So we're about to go on a wild, very mashup-themed roller coaster. First, the Mets. (laughs) They have done a thing. And oh boy, what a thing. The Mets made a trade with the Cleveland Indians to acquire Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. What? <laughs> I, I knew the Indians didn't wanted to trade them because they weren't they weren't going to be able to pay them. But trading them both to the Mets, who, are, given their new owner, are probably just going to th- just make it rain on top of the two of them. They they try they try, I mean they traded three prospects. They didn't actually have to trade that much. They're they're highly rated prospects. Don't get me wrong, but. Man, Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco both going to the Mets. Steve Cohen is already making waves improving that team because, let's be honest, they're the best team in the NL East now. I mean, the Nationals are a wreck and the Learners are freaking cheap. The Phillies are even more of a wreck. And they're even cheaper. The Braves are, well, the Braves. They're actually okay. But they consistently choke in the playoffs. And then you have the Mets. And then... Wait, who is the fifth team in that division? It's the Mets. Oh, the Marlins. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the Marlins. They're a real threat to anyone at all. Baseball screwing over the city of Miami again just to bow down to Derek Jeter who does not have enough money to successfully run a team. Oh, but people will remember the experience. Yeah, they won't remember the experience if the team sucks, Derek. And now, (laughs) shockingly, the Braves and the Mets are the two best teams in the NL East. I mean, it's And one of them won the World Series two years ago. And it's not the Mets or the Braves. But they were an absolute disaster in 2020. They were... They were terrible. They... Well, they started off 2019 incredibly slow, too. They just... uh, continued that trend in 2020 and in a 60 game season that's much harder to recover from because as soon as you get started slow well season's half over have fun like if you stumble out of the gate in the first in the first month of a normal 162 game baseball season yeah you're in a rough spot you're probably near the bottom of your division but hey we still have 132 games left that's four months it went, but uh, when the season starts in mid July and you're only playing 60 games because the owners are cheap and that was the plan from the beginning, jerks. They, uh, you end up with what happened to the Nationals last year. And I don't know what's going to happen to them this year because baseball expects to play a full season. I also expect them to play and complete a full season but you never really know. You you never you never truly know, but I am uh I am very curious as uh, to what's going to happen in the NL East this year after this massive deal. And it's clear these guys are going to stick around cuz Steve Cohen has no problem spending money unlike Jeff Wilpon. Like Steve Cohen has absolutely no problem spending money. So, I think he is going to spend a lot of money to uh, keep these guys around. And good lord, Mets fans. I know most of you are probably also Jets fans, so I'm sure you're probably miserable at the thought of them hiring Marvin Lewis. But hey, you have the Mets now. They're actually, seems like they're going to be reasonably good. So... Enjoy, enjoy having Francisco Lindor in your, in your middle infield and, uh, and Carlos Carrasco on the mound. Oh man, that's going to be, that's going to be a thing. And now with the Yankees slowly slipping from the top of baseball's rankings, like they didn't make a World Series for an entire decade. They didn't, uh, let alone win one. They started off so well in the 2020s with uh, losing in the playoffs again. And and now the Orioles are rebuilding. The Red Sox are being stupid. The Rays continue to do Rays things. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping, and the Blue Jays are, well, just the Blue Jays. the the baseball landscape is being shaken up and I think it's absolutely hilarious because even though the Mets are not my team, I still feel somewhat of a bond with them because let's be honest here. The 1969 world series, which was awful for the Orioles happened well before I was born. Like what? 25 years before I was born. So, I don't have as much anger over that one. But I do absolutely hate the New York Yankees. With every fiber of my being. And if there's another team in New York to challenge them that's less evil, more power to them. But, before I wrap up the show, I get the chance to make fun of Warzone. This game... Why do you people play this freaking game? Multiplayer is so much more fun. Warzone sucks. Raven Software said, oh, we nerfed the DMR and we nerfed the MAC-10 and we nerfed uh, dual Diamatis. We nerfed all of it. And uh, within like an hour, everyone said, you did nothing to the DMR. It doesn't feel any different. Oh, you slightly reduced headshot damage. Well, oh, it's a two-tap, or it's a three-tap instead of a two-tap. Yeah, the gun that fires, that, that fires, that you could pull the trigger once and you probably fought fi- you can spam the trigger on that thing so fast it doesn't really matter, because the rate of fire for a single-shot rifle is, or the rate of fire on that thing for what is supposed to be a semi-auto rifle is still ridiculously high. And oh, you increase the recoil of a weapon that barely has any. Good job, guys. Good job. A weapon that barely has any recoil. Oh, we, we increased the recoil on it. Sure. You you barely did anything to the gun. And now, all the uh, all the really scummy reverse boosters are about to get exposed. Thanks to uh, this little website known as sbmmwarzone.com. Which, essentially... Um, exposes people for reverse boosting if they have been doing so. And honestly, that's a good thing because it's obvious people have been cheating in Kill Race tournaments. Maybe not necessarily straight up hacking, but there's definitely been way too much reverse boosting going on in Kill Race tournaments. Like, BRs are not viable esports. When will people learn this? BRs are not and more than likely never will be viable esports. There's too many there's too many variables that you cannot control. And like Warzone is in an absolute disarray. There's rampant hacking, there's constant reverse boosting, there's a ridiculous amount of stream sniping, and a lot of times all three in the same person. Like they they turn their aimbots off, they intentionally die, to just get into really crappy lobbies and then they'll turn their aimbots on and ruin everybody's fun to make themselves look way better and then they just do it all over again. It's really gross and hopefully SPMM Warzone does something to fix it but I, I don't know what it can do. VRs are not viable esports. They're really not. Stop trying to make them viable esports. But that's what I got for this episode of The Mashup. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoy your weekend. And if you like the show, come by. Follow me on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash DarkSniper1230. Twitch.tv slash D-A-R-K-S-N-I-P-E-R. All one word. One, two, three, zero. But it's, it's just more content like this. I just happen to be playing Call of Duty. But that is it for the show today. Enjoy your weekend, everybody, and I will talk to you on Tuesday. See you then.